Coming up on Being Rad. It was very much that like rock star lifestyle kind of vibe. Make a business out of your passion. I disagree with that. They need videos as part of their business model. Hello and welcome to Being Rad with me, Robert Alexander Duran. Today I have video marketing genius and bearded maestro, Graham Duval of uh, Valued Productions. Graham, welcome. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Robert. I appreciate you uh, having me on this morning. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, just for anyone who has had COVID, who is listening and watching this, I'm just getting over it myself and Graham had it a couple of weeks back. So um, hopefully there's a few people out there who can uh, empathize with our situations. Everybody stay safe. Stay <laughs> safe, everybody. How was it having COVID for the second time for you? <clears throat> oh, man. Uh, you know, it was better than the first time. So uh, the first time was brutal. Like, I don't even know what hit me. It felt like being hit by a truck. But uh, the second time, like, it just felt like I had that headache. And it felt like a, uh, I had a hangover for a week. And I was just tired, the headache, you know, that like, like groggy feeling. And, and, you know, I'm, uh, tomorrow will be six years sober. And I was just like, I think we were talking about this earlier. It's like, man, I am so glad that I am not doing that anymore. You know, I can be laid up for a week with COVID feeling like that, but like what I was doing before, oh man, no way. So grateful. I've just passed a year and eight months totally sober. It's crazy that we did that to ourselves on mm. purpose, right? Yeah, for real. That And that's the thing. It's like, uh, just like that thinking of like, oh man, this is going to be, make things better. But then on the flip side, it just like completely like did not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I felt like. I don't know your situation. We can go into that yeah, in a moment. Yeah. But like for me, my adult life up until about 32 was just going from moment of being pissed, probably doing some work to earn some money and then getting pissed again. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point during lockdown where I had the means to be able to drink all the time. And we, I, I was going through um, a 12 pack of IPA, IPA cans every night and mm -hmm. you get to that point you're like things need to change 100 percent. what was it like for you like how what led to you getting so oh man yeah i uh so my background i come from a music background and so like i am a musician and when i got into stuff you know it was very much that like rock star lifestyle kind of vibe you know just like stay up all night, party all the time, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know what I mean? And um, it just got to a point because like I would always build myself up and then I would mess up and then it would go down and then I would build myself up and then it would go down. And so eventually, like you said, it got to a point where I looked around the crappy room that I was living in, like, you know, shades pulled, you know, crappy little apartment you know just like man i could either keep doing this and go down this road which is clearly going to lead me to like some sort of death or like hospitalization or something you know 
or I can try something different. And, you know, it was that little bit of willingness to try something different that was the thing that, like, sparked, you know, getting into recovery and doing all the stuff that I needed to do to have that complete psychic shift that was, like, went from me needing to use and drink and all that stuff to like living a life of sobriety and gratitude and abundance and things like that. And it was a lot of work, but like, uh, it was just that little bit of willingness that like sparked it. You know, it was like, um, those old cartoons where you see the, like the, um, the fuse and it just like, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was just that little bit of willingness that sparked that. And then the fuse of recovery and going through everything, um, it totally shifted my life. And I'm so grateful for it. So having come from a musical background, yeah, how entrenched in the culture was like the drinking? Oh. I've, I've come from the same. And like, yeah. when I go out to see those old friends mm-hmm. now, like... I can't be around them that long. 100%. Because they're just like, hey, why don't you have a drink? I'm like, I don't do that anymore. And they're like, oh, boring. (laughs) Yeah, totally, man. You know, for the longest time, it, you know, thinking that using and like having things that didn't make me the real me, which would be like using drugs and alcohol, you know, getting, doing stuff to get outside myself were the things that made me play better or like made things better. You know what I mean? And it was just like so ingrained in everything I did. And um, once I did get sober, like I'm a musician, I play the drums, been playing for like 25 years. That that first like six months, I didn't touch the instrument. And like I was starting to go like crazy because I was like, man, I haven't played. But every time I went to go sit down and play, I had that like association. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I had like connection. Yeah, 100 percent. And so I had to work through that to like get back into the routine of like this is almost like relearn it. But like once I did, the muscle memory came back and like now living in that like moment, I can really take it to another level because when you're mindset is in that like space of flow and like in the present moment you can just like you know the way of playing is absolutely amazing and i'm grateful too it's kind of funny that i was in a band um and the th- it was a three-piece band there was a trio and all three of us so i was the uh my actually the bassist was the first one he got sober and then it was me and then the guitarist. And so now all three of us are sober. And it's crazy because like if you would have met us back in the day, like the sh- stuff that we used to do, uh, I tell you what, you, you never would have thought the three of us would have been sober. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. Did you find, and I, I want to just know if this was just me or yeah, if this goes for other people as well. Did you find that you like re- fell in love Mm. with playing again and then actually was able to push yourself in terms of your playing capabilities because for me i i've been playing guitar 22 years i think this year Mm. nice and throughout being a pisshead 
I just took that <laughs> for granted. It was like, I'm a drinker and I play guitar. And that's that's just right. that. Right. I've lost the drinking. And this year, I was like, I've been playing a long time. I should probably push myself to learn some something different. Something that's actually going to show, <laughs> give me something right. to show for all the years that I've been playing. Did you right. go through something similar as well? 100%. Uh, in that beginning, like it took a, almost a year to like re, you know, practice things, you know, because every time I sat down at the drum set, it was like I had to be in the right, like I had to almost prepare, you know what I mean? Like for the longest time when I was using and stuff, it was just like second nature and stuff. And I had to almost relearn and like, like you said, push myself to be in like a clear headed mindset to sit down. Like the chops were there because my muscle memory obviously has been playing for so long. You know what I mean? So like that was all there, but it was that mind shift that like I had to prepare to be like, okay, separate this from that. You know what I mean? And like, I would just practice and eventually like it took me about that first year to like, you know, be like, okay, this is way better because like I said, once you can let go and like go get into the moment and be present 100% without like stuff going on or without um, anything to cloud you, you can just, you know, the, the flow and the feeling and what you can accomplish in music and in life is just absolutely amazing. Absolutely. So tell me more about what you've achieved in life since being yeah. sober and tell me more about value productions. Did that come yeah. from that before being sober or has that come as a byproduct of sobriety? That, yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, so it's come as a byproduct. It's kind of funny. So like, like I said, I'm, I'm part of the music background, like been playing in bands and stuff like that and got sober and then you know, was like, okay, I, I need to go to college. You know what I mean? And I'd never been to college. Like I thought it was like the thing that I, like I wanted to accomplish it. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I'm going to go to college for music business because I was like, okay, I got the playing side down. How am I going to monetize being a musician? So I went for music business and while in school, I took some video production classes I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and uh, while <clears throat> there, I took some video production classes, and it, I fell back in love with um, fi- video production, film production, because when I graduated high school back in 2004, um, I went to college for a semester for film studies. So, like, I already knew that I wanted to do video, film stuff since back in high school. Um, but then once I went to college that semester, I got into music and that whole sidetrack of like what I was talking about earlier. Um, but so I, uh, fell back in love with video production. And when I graduated college, the curriculum, yes, was for music business, but music business is very similar to like a creative business. So a lot of the stuff that I learned was like how to run a creative business, you know? And so uh, when I graduated, it was either get a job in like the corporate music business of like 
get into music publishing or like something like that being in the low end of the totem pole or I could start my own business and I had fell back in love in that passion of video production and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot, you know, because like I have the opportunity. You know, I was in a position where I was like, okay, I'm going to give this that first year, like see what happens in that first year, you know, and um, and it took off. And so now I, I it's been amazing, you know, so to answer your question, it was a byproduct of getting sober and like living a life of gratitude and you know, focusing on that now and being in the present and doing everything that's like right in front of me to just like move the move the needle forward, you know, little bit at a time, little bit at a time. Amazing. So here's another parallel that I would like to know if it, it, it's there. Yeah, yeah. With playing guitar and music, I always saw that as that's my passion. Mm. And there's a lot of people online now who are like, make a business out of your passion. I disagree with that because if I tried to push music as a profession mm. in any way other than exactly as I wanted to do it, I wouldn't want to do it. Right. And I would have lost my passion. So totally. video production for me has always been that thing that I have keen interest in, that I can do well, mm -hmm. but I'm not so emotionally entangled with it that I can have setbacks and it's like, yeah, I can still go home and play guitar to myself. Right. I totally Is that get something that. that you have felt as well or is that just me? No, I totally get that 100%. Like if I had the ability to like get paid the amount that I'm getting paid and like work on contracts at the level that I'm working on contracts for my um, video production company for playing drums, I'd be playing drums. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing video production, but the, the effort and the music business today, it is so like cutthroat. And like you said that, like, if I had to put that same effort into like making playing drums that heavy of a, like job of like what I do, I, I agree. I would, I would just like be like, man, this doesn't have the same, that same emotional connection. Like you were talking about, you know, Ooh. I still play in a band. I still play all the time, you know, but like it's on my terms, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. yes, I do get paid to play. You know what I mean? I, I do get paid when we play shows and stuff, but like, it's more of like, it's for fun. And that fun is the thing that, allows the job of video production and having my own business and things like that to be that much more um like fulfilling because you like you have that balance of like being able to do what i love but make enough on this side to do what i love you know what i mean and and it kind of has that balance out so as thing if if i to i totally agree if you were playing well getting paid what you're doing in the video production side of things, if you were getting paid that to, I assume you don't play gospel drums. Would you want, would you want to be doing that? You know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if I had a gig consistently to play drums, like live or whatever, and it paid as much as what I'm making for the video production, 
I would do that. But does that go? Here's my question: Would that go across all genres? Oh, because my in growing up, it was like I have to either be playing punk um, or yes. metal, but not too technical because I'm not that good. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be there playing like jazz guitar yeah. or pop. So I, it would have ruined it for me. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So like. For me, it would have to be it would have to be the music that I want to play. Like I, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big jazz improvisational style musician. So like I love playing in like stuff where you get to embody the moment. Like this yeah. music wouldn't have happened if we weren't doing what we're doing right at this second. So like if it was anything else, I wouldn't want to do it. You know what I mean? It would it would become a job. You know, and the, yeah. and then it would lose that that like whatever you know and i'm grateful to have have the ability to have both sides of like enjoying my passion but make enough on which i'm also very passionate about video production too you know because it still is a creative Mm. business you know like it, it taps in that to that creativity side of life and and so I'm I'm glad it's not like being a plumber. Not that there's anything wrong with like that. It's just not my thing, you know? Yeah. 100%. I'm a creative. Yeah. Yeah. I think also what I was getting at with there is like, I wouldn't have been able to play any genre of music and enjoy it, but I have been able to work on many different video projects that I might not really want to do, but I can still enjoy it in a way that I wouldn't 100%. have been able to do it music 100 100 tell me more about what you're doing in terms of the video production side of yeah who are you working with what kind of projects are you doing are you in a genre that you uh love that's yeah (laughs) no i i i love all of all of what i do um so my company we do the we help to provide um and distribute video marketing strategies that can either, you know, help increase sales, save time, and essentially work to make these businesses more successful. And so I was doing a lot of um, like high, a lot more high production value stuff, you know, the brand films and testimonials. and, And I still have a few clients that are that are like that because I had gotten them, you know, a little while ago, but I've really shifted. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, is great about talking about this is the, the fact that we live in a world today where social media is such a key piece for a growing business and to harness that power of social media with the fact that all the major ones like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, they all want that vertical video that's, you know, high quality, high valuable, things like that. And so if you can post one video across all those major socials, that is a lot of eyeballs for these businesses that for the price of what it is to get that kind of reach is like, you know what I mean, is so worth it for them. Because compared to like back in the day when you would have to do that for like, television like the amount of people that you could reach for that price it's it's so astronomical and so 
we've shifted a lot into doing short form videos for um, for clients, and that's what I do a lot of. I st- like I said, I still have some that I do the the whole like sales trifecta type stuff, um, but we've really shifted into short form content and um, really honing in on that. And so some of the clients that I have, like it really runs the gamut. You know what I mean? Um, from high high quality, high end bed and breakfast to a retail store to um, a payroll company uh, to health insurance. You know, it, it really runs the gamut. But lately we've just launched a new offer and we're really honing in on um, targeting more of those online business owners. So like that's what I'm super excited about is to, to start targeting those online business owners because of that power of social media. And because they're able to scale a lot more and that reach then really comes into its own, doesn't it? 100%. Uh, it's so, it the reach for the, especially like uh, an online coach or an online consultant or something like that, where they need videos as part of their business model, you know what I mean? And like need that marketing of their reach as part of their business model. It just... It, it lends itself to someone like myself to be able to come in and help with that. You know, whereas like, for example, a, a local retail shop, yes, having consistent short form videos on their socials daily is beneficial. It, you know, it doesn't have that same impact as mm-hmm. someone who can target the whole internet, um, you know, through social media. Unless they're going to be one of those kind of places that blow up online and then become a tourist attraction, essentially. Sure, sure. But how many that of is, those that is a good point. are there? <laughs> yeah, that, there's not many. And I mean, I the, the bed and breakfast, I will say, I am trying to push. They're still kind of stuck in that. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit... Uh, I don't want to say pulling teeth, but it's like that almost, you know what I mean? Getting them to be like, come on, we need to be posting these consistently, you know, um, because of the fact that it is a bed and breakfast and that can have an offer that's online because like if you're posting videos online and someone in California sees it, that that's a good thing because now they can come visit that bed and breakfast, you know what I mean? As like a trip, you know, whereas like, uh, a physical retail location that like sells clothes or something that's a little bit more difficult because you know you only yes videos are going to help consistently on their social media i mean it, it helps everybody but it doesn't have that same impact of like no one's going to travel from so i'm in maine right now so no one's going to travel from california to Maine to buy a pair of clothes. You know what I mean? Unless it's something <laughs> really special. Like that when is you get true. those that kind is... of artisanal bakeries or something like that, where yep. they're known across the world or at least across the country for a very certain that is a... thing. If it's just like your local pennies, we call that Primark, yeah? Then right. If it's that broad, it's not going to have that impact that you're no. talking about. 100%. And you bring up a good point with that, though, because like it just kind of made me reshift my thinking on that because, you know, 
when you're posting consistent short form videos, you have that ability to build that brand, build that tribe. And even if it is that local thing, if you develop the messaging and the offer and like all this stuff that goes behind a brand and post it consistently, you could have the ability to make it, like you said, that that visual artisanal or like something that sets it apart, you know, from everything else and blow up online. And then it, it has that, that ability. It may not like directly correlate to in now, like in the location, but it will have an effect of helping it grow. So yeah, that's a very good point. 100%. There's a, um, a bakery local to me just a couple of miles down the road yep that online presence has won them awards for like the last five years i've not actually been in there so i don't want to like say anything (laughs) about what it's like yeah yeah my girlfriend visited it recently though and apparently the inside is awful it's like a a really dive which just shows that like you can really build that brand and kind of community online who are going to support you 100 percent, even if you're lacking in the physical location which is totally totally juxtaposition that is that is that is interesting you know and like it it just goes to i think that is is very interesting because you definitely want to like show that authenticity and like you know especially when you're building the brand and like that community I guess it's tough to say on something like that, though, too, because like maybe that's their vibe. You know what I mean? Because there's like, you know, you've got those dive bars or those places that are like geared towards that kind of like dingy, like. I'm having PTSD from my early 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But yeah, you know what I mean? It It's definitely, it's so important. And a lot of what I've been doing lately is um, educating these businesses on this exact thing, you know, because like it's still not completely widely accepted. You know what I mean? It's like, guys, you can get a reach of like 30, 50,000 people across all your social medias. And that's on the low end visibility to your business and you're still going out and buying like television commercials and like radio commercials and things like that double down on your socials and grow your brand that way through building a community offering value and and really um connecting with your audience it's it's got much more of an impact and so you know through my own socials and like I'm actually working with our, my local chamber right now to put together like a lunch and learn to um, teach some of these local businesses about like the fact that like, look, we live in the digital age. This is the stuff you should be doing. And hopefully, you know, I'll, I'm going to teach them a little bit how to do it. And then hopefully they'll be like, this is way too much work. And then they're going to give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel these businesses react to the word algorithm because oh man everyone seems to feel like the algorithm is out to get them but you you brought up tv ads there there is no algorithm with tv ads they're not targeted other than no. the channel that you put them on 100% and what time. the so the targeting is 
minimal at best. Minimal. Whereas the algorithm is what allows you to connect with people who are in your target audience 100%. as long as you've got your offer and your messaging down. So how have you um, dealt with that sort of conversation when talking to these businesses? No, that's that's a great question. You know, people like there's actually a client that I'm working with right now who's who's um, been asking me the same thing. He's like, so we've been posting for like a month and like I'm not seeing results and like it, you know, I'm seeing minimal engagement on my videos and stuff like that. The algorithm and like, having that message is key because that's going to be the thing that's targeted unless you're running paid ads where you can actually like physically target someone. If you're posting just organic content, your messaging, like you said, and building of the community through your, the what's in the content is going to be the thing that targets. And so using that, it comes with consistency and it's definitely more of the long game. And so like when someone brings up algorithm of like, Oh, why am I not seeing this and all this stuff? I, I bring it back to the fact that like, look, this is a long game and you need to be doing this consistently for an extended period of time, at least 90 days every day, you know, like at the very bare minimum. And that's when that, algorithm is going to start to see like oh, okay this this page is actually producing something that people want to see like maybe i should start pushing this thing this, these videos to more people you know what i mean and so that's how i communicate it it's like look you need to teach this thing that like your content is something worth pushing and that the people in your audience want to be seeing it and so it comes with that consistency. And that's how I, I tend to kind of steer that direction. So kind of more to do with expectation management. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What's the craziest expectation that you've had from a client? Have you had anyone that has not gone viral in a week and then dropped you? <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like I've uh, done pretty well with managing the expectations in that like, like, cause I convey to the fact that like my Instagram, for example, I have like what, maybe like 1400 followers or something like that. And I'm not crazy, like crazy amount of followers on my business, but because of what I do, even my videos don't always even get like crazy virality or whatever, but I've built in a, a core like group of people that are behind me and I've been able to close deals off my Instagram because of that fact and I don't have to have 50,000 followers you know what I mean so being able to convey that to a client is key and so like I think the biggest thing of like something that I had a client that was like really looking for was um I had a client recently that did draw me that uh like he called me it was a construction guy he called me up and um like he was expecting to get some filming done the next day and luckily i was able to to do it but then like when i started doing my um like questionnaires and and things to try to pull that creativity out of him because obviously 
I can only talk about someone else's business to a certain extent without getting them to talk about it themselves. You know what I mean? And so as I started like doing that, he thought that I needed him to do my job for for me. You know what I mean? He's like, you don't understand my business. I'm like, I know. I only understand it to a certain level. I need you to talk about it because it's your business. It's your passion. You know what I mean? And so he wasn't too pleased with that and was like, I don't know why I'm paying this for for someone who's who I need to do their job for them. And he ended up dropping me. Uh, but that's that's probably the, the extent of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, dude, like we didn't even have a chance to have a creative meeting before you even were saying like, I didn't understand your business. The point of me bringing up different ideas or probing questions or all this stuff is to get that information so that I can then go do what I do. You know what I mean? It's not that I want you to do what I do for me. You know what I mean? I think that that might just have been kind of the construction background yeah. vibe. 100%. I've worked, I've worked with a couple of people in construction. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're very, um, a lot more black and white, aren't they? It's not yes. creative. Because creativity realistically is a gray area it's 100 percent. whereas people in construction it's like profit bricks yep. exactly three inches five inches goes here goes there you know what yeah. i mean uh, i totally get it <laughs> and if they're gonna be like that then that's their loss we're exactly I, I a better place with other people that understand 100 percent. 100 percent. Cause I told him, I'm like, you're going to, you're going to, he was talking about building the brand and I'm like, you know, you want to build a brand, you got to be posting consistently and stuff. And he's like, well, I usually only like to post, uh, like one reel from each job. And I'm like, okay, that isn't going to get you anywhere. But like, I'm not trying to bash anything. I like, I don't, I, I love the guy, you know, it's, uh, to each their own. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like you said, it's their loss. Like you don't want to jump on this bandwagon especially here in maine like we tend to be a little bit behind in like everything you know what i mean so like as like the better marketing trends and like new upcoming like things like that's why i spend a lot of time educating business owners because like it's like the people around here don't get it and and so i have to constantly be like look this is the new way of doing business. You need to get online. You need to do this. You need to do that. You know what I mean? So like, so kind of like updating them from living in 2005 or so. I, <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess they're past the point of Windows XP, but not right. by a lot, right? <laughs> 100%. 100%. And then the, that goes back to the same, same thing that we were talking about earlier, where the fact that like, okay, this is, that's all me working in Maine in the area. And that's why I, as a business have shifted more of my focus to that online space and being able to like, uh, target more of those online business owners because of the fact that, you know, I don't have to spend all that energy educating because they know that like, they're already online, you know what I mean? They're already doing, you know, exactly. You know what I mean? So amazing. Final question, Graham. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to need a, a part two to this. because, And I keep saying that. 
but I've had some great guests already and I'd love yeah. to have you back. Yeah, definitely. Final question though, what do you do to look after that incredible beard of yours? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, Just so, before you answer, little yeah. background to this. I was saying to Graham <laughs> before we jumped on, I turned 34 in a matter of weeks now and this is all I can do, really. <laughs> I've been using minoxidil and taking biotin and I still haven't finished puberty, apparently. And Graham here has a magnificent beard and I want to know yeah. what, what kind of maintenance that takes. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely is, is rough sometimes and it's funny uh, you, you mentioned, I'm definitely going to bring up the beard. We're almost at the end of the podcast and the whole time I'm like, when is he going to ask me that question? <laughs> and then he finally asked it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is like two years old. So I've been growing it for about two years and I use, um, me too, like different, <laughs> di- different beard oils are, are key. Um, I have this one that I like. It's actually, it's funny enough. It's, uh, I mean, I get it at Walmart, um, and it's Amish, Amish, um, like beard oil. It's like, it's called the original and it's an Amish, like, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it says Amish, the original beard oil. You've got too much mustache to be Amish though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I could, uh. But it, I don't know. Their 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 beard oil is great, and it you know that's what's key. And then I just gotta trim the edges, you know. And uh, but yeah, it's it's a little bit of a maintenance. But also on the same time, it's not nearly as much maintenance as when I shave because then I have to shave every day because if I don't, I my hair grows really fast. So it's like you know, it's just easier to just not do anything, you know. <laughs> I can't wait till the day where I have to shave every day. Literally, I, I'm i pretty lazy. Yeah. I, I will admit that. But I I shave like once a week. Man, that, <laughs> would be, that. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. If I shaved this thing and I shaved once a week, I'd have a beard by the time I'm shaving that one time. You know what I mean? So, Are you yeah. like... Um, Homer Simpson, do you remember that? Where he'd have a shave and it would just go, <laughs> and he'd have the uh, five o'clock shadow instantly. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Graham, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. It's been a great conversation. Can you let people listening and watching know where to find you and yeah. um, where details of your offer is, etc. <laughs> 100%. So I am on all the major social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Valued Productions, V-A-L-U-D Productions, all one word. Um, And then my um, website, same thing, valuedproductions.com. You can can get in contact with me. I'd love to chat with anybody. If you want to just have a conversation, it's graham at valuedproductions.com. So hit me up shoot me on socials come follow i robert i appreciate you having me this has been absolutely wonderful i I love talking you know video production life you know it's this has been absolutely wonderful i appreciate you and i appreciate you this has been fun so thank you very much graham and for you watching and listening i keep being rad